0: Hey Loco Sports fans, when you hear Horizon Rehabilitation in Sports Medicine, think advanced, local, and specialized therapy care. The team at Horizon prides themselves on the diversity of their 30-plus specialized treatment programs, including advanced sports medicine and orthopedic care, as they offer the area's only Alter-G treadmill and have an indoor heated resistance therapy pool. For nearly 15 years, Horizon's outpatient, physical, occupational, and sports medicine programs have been addressing the needs of athletes, weekend warriors, and their fans. At any level, at any age or stage, their specialized therapists and athletic trainers are ready to get you back in the game. Visit HorizonRehabilitation.com for more information or call 843-671-REHAB. That's 843-671-REHAB. Horizon Rehabilitation and Sports Medicine, proud sponsors of Locosports.com. This is the Loco Sports Lowdown Podcast. Here are your hosts, Justin Jarrett and Wes Kerr. Hey, Loco Sports fans. Welcome to another edition of the Loco Lowdown Podcast. I'm Justin Jarrett, joined as always by Wes Kerr, talking a little bit of sports in the South Carolina Lowcountry Country. And uh, We're going to talk some basketball, some football with some all-state football uh, announcements as well as some college signings and an interview with uh, a guy I covered many years ago who, who is still uh, lacing him up and playing football. Chad Malfour is going to join us later in the show and then we'll name our teams of the week and uh and send you off into the holidays on a good note uh but first west let's just catch up uh i feel like there's less and less for us to catch up on because we're we're on the uh, on zoom recording podcasts together all the time so we always know what's going on uh in each other's lives but but we can let the rest of the world in on it a little bit um obviously you know it's christmas week uh kids are out of school now so so we're having a lot of fun around here uh well, some of us are having more fun than others. I got to assemble a trampoline, then they get to play on it. So, um, some of us are having a lot more fun than others, but, uh, it's great to, you know, to be, uh, here at the holidays. And and even though it's a little different this year and we're going to be at home and, um, you know, we're just going to have one, one family that we've, uh, We've hung out with throughout things uh come over and hang out on on christmas eve and um spend a lot of time together as a family uh gonna be a little different than usual but uh a little more low-key but uh i know i'm looking forward to just kind of pushing the pause button for a few days and relaxing uh with the family having fun and uh, and then we'll get back out there in january and and have uh hopefully you know the rest of a, a basketball and wrestling season and and just roll into spring but uh but I'm looking forward to these few days of of downtime and watching a lot of holiday movies and eating a lot of good food, baking cookies and all that good stuff. What are you going to get up to this week, Wes? I'm doing well.
1: Uh, I'm looking forward to to a fun holiday season. Uh, I, I heard this might be one of the coldest Christmases ever in the low country, which, uh, you know, as much as I would love like a 70 degree Christmas day, I, I think it's nice to have seasonably cold temperatures uh, of the Christmas holidays and, uh, uh, I'm going to be going on vacation to the Brevard mountains up in North Carolina. Should be a fun time over there. Hopefully it's not too cold. Uh, I went ah. to be chilly, but, but, but not, as not cold enough that, that wouldn't damper the ability to go out and do some hiking and stuff, but it should be a really fun oh, yeah. time.
0: Beautiful place up there.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, love going up to the mountains. Uh, really nice to, to, as much as I love being on the island, it's nice to get away and go somewhere different for, for a little bit. So uh, that'll be fun. Been uh, Covenants of Basketball, of course, really enjoyed, uh, Hilton Head Bluffton Girls. Uh, that was a fantastic game last week, last Friday with the the Bobcat girls uh, winning a close one. Uh and then just last night, Tuesday night, uh, recording this on Wednesday, the Hilton Head Island Seahawk boys finally with their first home game and uh definitely worth the wait. Will McCracken was phenomenal, uh, throwing down several dunks. That entire team is is looking tremendous so far. Uh only got to see them for one game, but but even so, I think they have the talent and the ability to compete with the best in that region. Uh, Going to be a really fun season over there at the nest, for the Hilton Island Seahawks. And uh, speaking of uh, basketball at the nest, uh, we definitely missed the Holiday Classic this year, uh, which was canceled due to COVID. Uh, one of the best seasonal traditions here in the Low Country, and another one is the Blitz Border Bowl, which I just saw you live tweeting about the other yeah. day. I think they were showing reruns.
0: I've watched the replays of the first two on SAV now, and uh, and I'm, I am I need to look up and see when they're playing the, the third one last year's because uh, it's been fun just to go back and, and remember those guys, um, you know, that have, have moved on and, and what outstanding players they were. Like Tyreek Young was just an absolute monster in that first Border Bowl. Um, you know, it's just fun to go back and remember some dudes. Yeah, and
1: on that note, uh, we wish our great friend Greg Talbot from WSAV uh, best wishes as, as he begins a new chapter of his life at Gonzaga. What an outstanding job he did covering sports over there in Savannah. He'll certainly be missed.
0: Very thankful to have crossed paths with Greg and and get the opportunity to get in the booth with him a few times and, and you know, represent the loco and talk about our kids, um, you know, on a level that that maybe somebody else couldn't have um, the knowledge that that they don't have over there in Savannah. So, um, yeah, certainly thankful to, to Greg for the – the job he did and, uh, you know, improving their coverage over here on this side of the river and, um, and the, you know, the hand he extended at times. And, um, I, I love that he's going into education, man. That's, that's, uh, you know, he, he said that it kind of drove it home covering high schools, um, how much he really enjoyed interacting with the the kids and, um, you know, wanted that opportunity to mentor them and, and maybe coach a little bit. So, um, I think that's going to be an awesome move for him and definitely wish him well.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, I'm also looking forward to a uh, fun slate of region games when we get back uh, from the holidays. Uh, Once we get back up there, uh, should be some fantastic matchups as we really get into the meat of basketball season, but, but also really want to enjoy the holidays. And uh, we're going to put out a a couple more shows in in the next couple of weeks. Um, We got uh, on the local hoops report. We got a fun mailbag show we're doing next week. Uh, We're taking questions coming in from the fans uh, coming in from you guys. Uh, Anything you want to send along and then and, and ask about anything about hoops in the low country so and then uh in january 3rd we're doing a live all loco football show which is going to be awesome we're, we're going to be doing a live zoom and, and just honoring all the best football players in the area and uh, they certainly deserve recognition fortunately we wish we could, we could do it in person but uh, because of what's going on right now i don't think it would be a wise decision to uh to host an indoor gathering right now so yeah uh, but uh, definitely excited for, for what's coming up ahead here for loco sports.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the, in reality, we've, we've really enjoyed doing the the banquets and or brunches and things like that. And, and they're wonderful, but um, the truth is it's hard for a lot of kids to get to them. Um, you know, especially when we've done them on Saturdays and, and the wrestlers weren't able to be there and um, you know, it's tough to find a time that works for everybody. So I, I do think that doing this virtually um, you know, is a good solution and we'll be, we'll, provide the opportunity for more people to get involved in it as far as uh, you know watching the announcement the live announcement and, and uh, getting excited about it so I think it's gonna be a lot of fun and, and certainly we're gonna be honoring a bunch of just absolutely incredible football players um, including a few all-staters that we're gonna talk about here in a little bit but um, you know it, it's definitely been challenging to try to figure out uh, how to piece all this together this year but um, I think we've taken our coverage to the next level in spite of it and, and uh, pretty proud of what we've done. And we're going to keep being innovative and, and trying to find different ways to do things. Um, you know, even after the pandemic is, has cleared out, um, we're still going to, you know, be on the cutting edge and, and try things. And we might fail sometimes, but we're going to take our shots. So um, yeah, it's going to be fun picking those all-loco all teams. We're also going to be picking up our, uh, our all-loco teams for all the other fall sports. So i um, trying to spread the love around to all the great athletes around here. Uh, well, Wes, you, you kind of, uh, we, we've kind of hinted at it, but it's, uh, it's a strange time in basketball season. And uh, we had some some news last week that was a little, uh, you know, concerning that five basketball teams in, in Beaufort County had been quarantined due to COVID-19 exposure. Um, the good news is there were only three positive tests among the five teams um, that were causing the, the quarantine. Um, so the a couple of things there one is that's great let's hope we can can keep that number very low Um, and secondly uh, I'm very pleased with with the Beaufort County School District's you know quick attention to this and uh, being proactive especially with the timing because we're going into this this holiday break um, and so I think it's it's really wise of them to err on the side of caution and and shut these programs down um, when they're already going into a break, you know, losing one game uh, over a two week span or two games over a two week span is not a huge deal. Uh, but if you don't get it in check and, and you come out in January in the middle of region play where you're playing two and three games a week that have to be played really for this, this season to be viable, um, then you're in a mess. So uh, I think taking the cautious approach here is really the wise, the wise course of action, and um, hopefully they can get this, you know, get this stamped out and we'll be ready to roll in January.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely the right decision. I mean, this is a scenario that we were hoping we wouldn't see uh, multiple low country teams shut down due to COVID positive tests. And we knew that basketball season would be even riskier than football playing indoors during a winter surge for, with cases rising all over the country. And of course here in our area, and uh, we were all predicting that to happen around this time and that second, third wave, uh, if you will, but, a great job by the district to recognize it and follow all the precautionary steps here. And I think it's a warning to everyone involved because uh, you know if this happens again in January or February, uh, it could be like strike three to this season for our teams just because of all the necessary quarantine procedures and, and danger we've already seen. So um, obviously we need to be on, on top of our game. So that, that means um, everybody, players, coaches, officials, and fans need to be on top of this, wearing masks, social distancing, wherever they can. And minimizing the risks so that we can see the season to a completion, because the worst thing would be seeing a team like the Whale Branch Girls or the Hilton Head Boys, Buford Boys, um, unable to compete for a state title that they worked so hard to get to. Um, so, so it's going to be a challenge even more so than football season uh, due to teams playing multiple games against different teams per week. Because say Team A plays Team B and Team C. Team B plays Team X and Y, and then Team right. C um, plays other teams, and it really gets out of control because you now you got.
0: Um, and, and then you can also end up with a, a situation where you have played on balanced schedules, and and some you know the season's not necessarily viable um, in terms of, of determining who should be in a condensed playoff format, and there, there's just a lot of, of factors at play. Um, and then the other thing I think you have to to start considering is. The, the long range, big picture. And the fact is, you know, those kids in spring already lost a season and we have to, in my mind, uh, they have to come first and we have to ensure uh, Absolutely. Every, do everything we can to ensure that there's a spring season. And really, there shouldn't be any reason there's not. Um, and the only reason there would be is, is if we're irresponsible this winter. So, um, you know, there's there's a juggling act to to be done for sure. Hopefully, the lead, leaders at the state level are are thinking ahead on uh, contingencies for spring to make sure that season gets in. Um, you know, one thing that comes to mind is is just pushing everything back a month. We start so early here in the south with the with the spring sports, um, and and we don't have to. I mean, it's it's great that we can, but you certainly don't have to. Um, and if we could give that basketball and wrestling season a little bit more breathing room to, to spread the schedule out a little bit, so maybe we don't uh, have as many exposures you know, happening in, in quick succession if something does happen. Uh, and we've got a little bit more room to get that season in. You saw it with football at the end, you you start getting squeezed. Um, if you have a little bit more time that you can, you know, spread out the the qualifier and the state championships two weeks instead of one week. If you need to, uh, there's a lot of things you could do, but they do require some, some, planning ahead and and thinking about how that's going to impact the spring season and starting to make that schedule work together and, and maybe that spring season has to spill into june this year to ensure that those kids get their season in i guarantee you they're going to be okay with that if it means that they get to have a, a and, and school season. and school will end until mid-june remember that true, because true.
1: because uh we started in labor day so
0: yeah. we
1: could we certainly have like it, it certainly makes sense to go into june since we were we're still we're going to school until june this year
0: yeah, there's a lot of things that that are on the table that need to be discussed at, at the a level way above us. Um, but certainly, I hope that that those are things folks are thinking about and and making sure that the the spring kids get their season and and that we do whatever we can to make sure that uh, you know we have a. a successful conclusion to this, to this winter season as well. Um, even if it means thinning out the schedule a little bit between now and then let's have a playoff and a championship and, and let this thing play out uh, is the way I look at it anyway. So.
1: I mean, a uh, certain, certain possibility could be instead of playing every team twice, you play every team once, which is obviously sure. not what you want to do. But I mean, if you have to, that's certainly a possibility. And uh, yeah, I agree with the point that spring sports get in the one priority that would be the worst case scenario is, is seeing those spring athletes miss not one, but two seasons. And so you have to make sure it, it, that they get the opportunity to, to play their, their spring season here in 2021. And yeah, it's just a case of where we're hoping, but the we're hoping for the best, but, but certainly expecting things that, that could get worse. Uh, we, we could very well see delays, as you said, and may have to wait until the spring to finish the season, potentially if, if the state is continually hard by those COVID cases. Um, and, Certainly no, no guarantees that vaccines will be coming in time. And, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see uh, what, what happens going forward. But, but in, in terms of spring sports, you know, what happens the first two, three weeks of, of spring sports, it's just the outreaching games. And then once you, right. once you get into the, the region games, the essential games, um, you should be fine and, and have time to, to complete that schedule. So uh, I think that's a great move. Just like you did for fall sports is, uh, you don't need to be playing February or early March, uh, go a few weeks uh later to start the season so I, I think we just need to make sure we do everything we can and, and and all the precautions that we do we need to to take care of them and, and make sure our student athletes are disciplined in all these measures and i think we could do this but you know it just takes one more incident uh like this late january early february to to have that season go completely off the track so uh, we just need to make sure everyone's more vigilant in, in terms of precautionary measures that goes for players coaches everybody involved
0: yeah, absolutely. And then the good news for spring is we get back outdoors, you know. So uh we, we've seen with football. That, that outdoors is a lot more doable than indoors. Uh, you know, it's, it's a lot less risk. And as you mentioned, we'll, we'll have, you know, people starting to get vaccinated. That's already happened. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm very hopeful for spring, but I do think we need to, you know, give a lot of thought to, to how we do this transition between winter and spring and the calendar and, and all that stuff to make sure that we uh, give both seasons the the best chance at at being played to completion, uh, but we did see it with football and it went off and, and we had some hiccups here and there, but uh, for the most part, you know, teams were able to keep playing and, and play their season all the way through uh, with a few exceptions. Hilton Head high, of course, uh, got shut down a couple times and only ended up getting in three games, but, but most of the teams had, you know, what felt like a season and uh, we were able to, to hand out some awards. And this week, the South Carolina football coaches association named their all state Teams And uh, I got to say, Wes, this is about as good a representation as, as I can recall for this area. Um, very impressive to see eight players named to the first team uh, on the All-State team. And then we also had three honorable mentions uh, from May River. May River really showing out on the All-State team. On the first team, Ahmad Green, of course, the star quarterback. Uh, he was named as a first team athlete. Uh, Eli Hall, first team linebacker. And then Stefan Gadson, a first team defensive back. And then on the honorable mention, Will Wilson, Garrett Bonneville, and Moxon Zare. Those were the guys who held down that offensive line for him this year, did a great job. Uh, Beaver High, a couple first teamers. Tyler Haley, the quarterback, one of the two quarterbacks on the first team in Class 4A. And Eamon Smalls, the, uh, the big guy up front, a first-team defensive lineman as just a sophomore. So uh, absolutely outstanding there. Uh, Bluffton with the first-teamer. DJ Aiken, the big defensive end, getting lots of looks from SEC and ACC schools. And then uh, in Class 1A, of course, Whale Branch, well-represented with Jalen Reeves, uh, first-team athlete, and then Aaron Rohde, the center, uh, making the first team as well. So, uh, you know, I mean, great – just a great honor for these guys. Every one of them absolutely deserving. Great to see the Low Country getting some representation on these teams. Um, any snubs that stand out to you, Wes? Any guys that you thought might be there who didn't make it? I, I think you got to look at Hilton Head. Um, You know, there's some guys who I think would have been on this team for sure if they had played more games. But, you know, at the same time, when you only play three games, it's it's a really small sample and it's really hard to to take it away from a kid um, who who maybe did the same amount over a larger sample because uh, as I always remind people with the all Loco football team, you got to take somebody off to put somebody on um, and, and that gets real tricky and, and shuts people down in their tracks when they have to start naming names about who's coming off the list. Uh, so anybody who stands out that you, you think maybe should have been there, who isn't.
1: Yeah. I think Jalen Sneed comes to mind for, for Hilton head, uh, obviously only playing a couple of games uh, certainly hurts his resume and compared to other teams who, who played a full season. So, I certainly think for 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 some of those guys on Hilton Head, uh, they 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 got the short end of the straw because of what happened with COVID. But uh, I mean, I think uh, they, they they did a great job taking uh, these All-State honors, and and I, I agree with with from May River Ahmad Green, obviously a fantastic dual-threat quarterback, uh, just doing wonders for that Shark program. Uh, Eli Hall, spectacular linebacker, exceptional tackler, outstanding speed, power. Stephen Gadsden. Locked down defensive back, great hands, also contributed at wide receiver. Uh, Will Wilson, Garrett Bonneville, Moxham's there, outstanding lineman. Uh, And then for Buford, uh, as you said, Tyler Haley, incredible bounce back season. with a fantastic arm, using his legs as well. Iman Smalls, uh, I mean, it's hard to just single out one guy on the defensive line because I thought Theo Washington, Alvin Wilson, Jeremiah Simmons uh, were all outstanding as well uh, for, for Buford High. Um, just led that monstrous group over there, shutting down the outstanding offenses uh, like may River. And then smalls took the, I think he looks the part of a college player already. And uh, then good to see G.J. Aiken on Bluffton get recognized. A fantastic pass rusher, strong frame, 6'5, 260. Just really fantastic to see a guy who's worked so hard uh, to get the award like this. And, and then well Branch, Jalen Reeves certainly deserves it. Um, what a superstar he's been for the Warriors. Uh, also was a fantastic DB. Uh, uh, was under center most of the season and, and made some big plays. Uh, led, of course, Welbranch in the first ever undefeated regular season. And then Aaron Rohde, I love this pick. What an incredibly valuable guy he's been. Uh, he opened up tremendous rushing attack, uh, not just Jalen Reeves, but Joseph Hicks and Jaden Grant, too, who dominate on the, on the ground. And a guy who really deserves a lot more attention to what he did this year. So, yeah, it's unfortunate to see uh, uh, guys on Hilton Head, I, I think like Jalen Sneed, who I thought if they played a full season for, from what I've seen from, from his play, uh, he certainly uh, uh, could have deserved a, a spot like this um, if if things went the way uh, w- without COVID and, and they would be able to play their, their full season. so. Uh, but but anyway, a, a fantastic uh, performance here by so many in the low country. Seeing eight guys on there, uh, that certainly means we had a successful season. Here in 2020.
0: Yeah, no question. Uh, on the flip side of that, unfortunately, nobody from the loco uh, named to the Shrine Bowl. Uh, so you know that's that's disappointing. Um, I'd like to think that at least one of those one of those seniors is is good enough to play in that game. Uh, Ahmad Green, Eli Hall, kind of come to mind. Um, you know, you can't tell me that there's and maybe Eli passed on it. Um, you know, because of wrestling season. I, I honestly don't know. You you never know who passed on it. Uh, that's the other thing you got to consider. But uh, man, Eli or Ahmad, uh, Jalen Reeves, Aaron Rohde, those seem like guys who can maybe help your Shrine Bowl team beat North Carolina to me. Um, but, you know, we, we're, we're trying to change that. We're trying to get a little more love down here in the loco shine a little more light and, and, you know, get those names out there a little bit more so people can see what's, what's going on down here. But um, certainly we're proud of these eight all state football players and the three honorable mention guys, and I uh, hope to see that number can com- continue to climb As the years go on and, and speaking of that all loco team that we've been talking about, uh, like Wes said, we're going to announce that live on Facebook live. We're going to live stream our our podcast recording um, on Sunday, January 3rd, eight o'clock. We're going to go live and announce the team and uh, hopefully you'll join us and, and check it out and celebrate these kids who had such an amazing season. It was so much fun, man um and speaking of which uh three kids we're probably going to talk about on that night i got a pretty good idea uh green john hampton hewlett and theron cannon all sign their papers to play at the next level this week uh signing period opening up on wednesday and Ahmad and john hampton are going to be teammates up at the citadel they're ready to fire the cannons uh green gets a chance to, to stick at quarterback in the triple option up there uh john hampton is is just like Custom made for the Citadel. Uh, just a, a blue collar, hard working dude uh, who I think is going to have a great chance to to at least better himself if if he doesn't make an impact on the football field up there. And then Theron Cannon, uh, you know, a guy that that has been just instrumental on the offensive line for Thomas Hayward, winning three straight, uh, along with John Hampton Hewlett. Uh, he's going to UAB, and and uh, we heard that he he got a couple runs uh, from some in-state schools um that you might have heard of like uh some Gamecocks and some some Chanticleers um but UAB was there for him from the start and, and he stuck with them and uh I think that's a you know I think that's the way to go you dance with the one that brought you and uh you know he was excited about UAB when when he went and visited and got the offer so that shouldn't be changed by by who else is calling around in my opinion at the last minute so I think good decision by Theron and I'm so excited for all three of these guys to get a chance to keep playing.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited for all of them, and then, you know, uh, the seals getting two strong players, uh, Ahmad Green. Uh, I think that's a fantastic decision uh, to go over there and, and and play for the Bulldogs. And uh, I think Brent Thompson's squad will, will, is a is a great uh, landing spot for Ahmad Green uh, because I think he'll have an opportunity to contribute to the triple option. I just think his skill set uh, contributes very well to that kind of offense. And uh, I mean, look look at these. Uh, performances that he had uh, a junior year Uh, he ran for more yards than he threw uh, the ball for uh, 1390 rushing yards and uh, over a thousand passing yards and and it's just a a really nice threat on on the ground but uh, can throw the football as well and so I really like uh, how he can impact that pseudo offense going forward Uh, a finalist for the South Carolina Mr. Football Award this year so uh, just an amazing honor for Ahmaud Green Uh, congratulations uh, to uh, a player that, that really redefined uh, the, that May River football program. I mean, they, they, this was a fledgling school that uh, was kind of trying to find their way, and Ahmad Green took them all the way to the lower state championship game in just four years, just incredible stuff there. Um, and then uh, two really outstanding Thomas Hayward players going on to the, to the next level, John Hampton Hewlett, uh, what a beast he was on the defensive line, for the Rebels, uh, going over to join Ahmad Green at the Citadel. 28 tackles for loss and 12 sacks this year. Just really disrupted uh, any offense that he faced this season. So excited to see him over there as a Bulldog. And then Therian Cannon, oh, what a job. we, we seems like we were talking about him every week for, for the amazing job uh, that he did this year at Lee and that offensive line. This is unreal. Averaging a whopping 320. 29.3 rushing yards per game this year, 10.5 <laughs> yards per carry. I mean, that is outrageous, and Thierry and Kinn has a ton to do with that. Uh, also doing some nice work defensively uh, uh, as well, so uh, congratulations to both Thierry and Kahn and John Hampton Hewlett. Uh, two huge pieces of that 3 Pete Thomas Hayward program. Excited to see how they do as they take the next step to the college ranks.
0: Yeah, those those rushing numbers are like uh, playing Madden on rookie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's just ridiculous. <laughs> you, you should not be able to do that against your peers. Um, but then again, the the rebels uh, have hardly had any peers since he's a one A lately. It's it's been uh, kind of dominant, and those two guys are, are a big part of it. Um, and then certainly as well with Ahmad. Uh, you know, one of my favorite athletes I've ever covered. I mean, he's, he's if I started compiling the list, he's going to be on, on a top 10 list for sure and probably even higher than that. Just, um, you know, just so much fun to watch. And, and all three of these guys, just really humble, hardworking kids, and, and you love to see that pay off um, in the long run, you know, because we, we tell our kids that it will, and, and it doesn't always. So you, you love to see it pay off in the long run. Um, proud of these guys and, and hope that they go on and do great things, and, and certainly we'll keep an eye on them as they, uh, as they spread their wings from the loco. Uh, and speaking of which, here's another guy I'm proud of. Uh, Wes, we had a chance to catch up with with Chad Malfris. And that's a name that um, if you're of a certain age, you might know it. You, you certainly know the last name Malfris around here. Uh, but but Chad was not, you know, a, a big superstar football player in high school. Um, when I covered him back in in uh, 2005 at Bluffton High School when I first got here, he was he was a good player. He was a starting center, you know, a solid player, um, but, you know, not not somebody that you expected to to hear from again and see him go have a, a football career. Chad fell in love with the game on a different level after graduating from high school and started to get involved playing some semi pro ball around and and really discovered a, a drive that didn't exist, uh, you know, throughout his high school career and went on and, and played Internationally, in a bunch of different places, and just came back from playing for uh, Team America in a, an All-Star exhibition-type game down in Costa Rica against a, a local All-Star team down there, um, trying to really spread the the gospel of football, so to speak, and you know get it out into some places um, where it's starting to flourish. And uh, I found Wes that, that Chad was just an incredibly uh, cool interview just to talk to him about his experiences he's had and, and to see, um, you know, to give a glimpse into, you know, why these guys who play semi-pro football into their thirties, um, you know, just for love of the game, why do they do it? And and Chad is a perfect example of, of what it can give to you. Um, just as far as the experiences he's had and the personal enrichment. And, uh, I love talking to him, man. I know you did too. I've known him a long time. You didn't, but I, I know you were just as excited to hear his story as I was
1: playing football in like four different continents. That is just an amazing, amazing feat. Uh, and, and it just speaks to how much he loved the game. And, uh, you know, it, it, it seems like if you don't play in college, you, you certainly don't get many more opportunities, you would think. Um, and then in the pros, I mean, it's either National Football League, maybe the Canadian Football League. But other than that, uh, you wouldn't think there'd be many other options for you to continue the game of football. But uh, he's been taking it through himself to, to finding ways and 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 chances to continue playing the game that he loves and and that's just an amazing story it was all for the love of the game he was never the star he was never the number one mvp on on any of his teams but he just worked hard and 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 kept playing the game that that he, he just adored and and that it just speaks to to his dedication for the sport and so uh just the relationships grown by meeting people from all over i mean that's what life is all about and being able to do it through football, just the passion that he has to to improve his game and to meet other people and, and, and being able to do that and traveling the world is just amazing. Going all the way from Brazil to Australia to Poland. Uh, I mean, that is awesome. What a great role model he is for young kids. I mean, it just tells you that if you do what you love and follow your passions and and put time and effort to it, you'll have a rewarding life. And what Child Melfris has done and, and uh, what an inspiration he has been to so many just to, to follow your passions and uh, you can do whatever you'd like. So uh, outstanding uh, story. Really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, and, and what a fantastic young man. I, I hope he'll continue to, to play football for as long as he's able to. And after that, I think he's got a lot of coaching in his future.
0: Oh, no question. You, you know, he's going to be a coach as, as soon as those knees can't do it anymore. He's going to be coaching up the next generation. No, no doubt in my mind. And he's going to be a good one. Um, well, it was a great interview and, uh, it, it's a long one, but, but we cover a lot of ground and it's a great story. So a uh, nice long listen for uh, the holiday week, settle in, enjoy it, you know, turn the speed up a couple notches if you need to, uh, if we talk too slow for you down here in the loco, but, uh, check it out. And, uh, here it is. Chad Malfres. What a great, what a great talk we had. Uh, Merry Christmas from Chad Malfres here on the Loco Lowdown. Well, we're excited now to be joined on the Loco Lowdown by a guy that uh, that I covered when I first got here to the Lowcountry, but way back in 2005 when he was uh, playing for the Bluffton Bobcats. And uh, a lot of people around here probably lost track of you, Chad Malfris, but you kept playing football <laughs> and, and you're still playing football today, uh, almost 16 years later. So um, you've played uh, overseas oh, wow. and, and you just got back from, uh, from Costa Rica playing in an international event down there. So, um, you know, just kind of tell us a little bit about the the journey that football has taken you on from, uh, you know, your days playing in, in the Loco in high school uh, to all the places you've gone around the world and the experiences you've had playing ball, man.
2: And, you know, what? Uh, to stop you right there, when you say 16 years, I made not even think bad that I've been playing this long. It's uh, <laughs> it kind of puts things in perspective. And uh, each year has been a blessing to get that many as it is. Um. Basically, yeah, like like you said, I met you when I was in high school playing for the Bobcats. Um, it's funny, my whole life I wanted to be a Seahawk and then uh, get to high school my freshman year. They're like, yeah, hey, we're starting a new school called Bluffton, so you're a Bobcat now. <laughs> and uh, it was a good experience. I uh, played for Coach Adams back then. Um, you know, typical high school guy, didn't really have that drive until later on. Um, played with them, got out for a few years, and Came around, and a couple of guys in the area said they're starting a semi-pro football team. And I didn't know anything about it. And I was like, well, you know what? I'm sitting here. I'm not doing anything. And I figured it's a good way to get in shape. So I did it and started playing with them and kind of really started developing my drive in the semi-pro world. And got myself motivated into the gym, started working out, getting in shape. And played with them for a few seasons. Lo and behold, come around, an arena football team started up in Savannah. And you know what? I'm sitting there thinking to myself, well, you're doing good in semi-pro. Let's take it to the next level. I went and played with them for a while. Did pretty good. Um, Enjoyed it. Said, you know what? You're competing at this level. Let's see what else is out there. I think I was 24 at the time. And most guys my age at that time were, you know, really looking to get out of the league. You know, really looking not to play anymore, but I just, I just found my drive, I found my niche, and I kept going. And I got on EuroPlayers.com, which is a website for athletes looking to play overseas. And I got in contact with a team in Brazil. Now, a secret that I tell everyone is, <laughs> you're going to send about a thousand messages, and you might get three back. And this team just happened <laughs> to hit me up, and I started to talk to this guy, and You know, he told me, well, we start our season in about three weeks. Uh, You ready to come play? And probably the biggest leap of my life, I said, yeah, let's go. He booked me a flight, put me on a plane, flew me out to Brazil. And uh, it was terrifying. I had no idea what I was getting into. I want to say when I first talked to the guy, he called me by the wrong name. But I didn't correct him because all I know is that there was a contract on the table and I was looking to go. (laughs) and um we we cleared that up real quick and it worked out and um I got there and my very first flight was delayed I was supposed to be there two days before the game and I get down there and the very next day I land off the plane go to the press conference take an interview and the pictures if you look at me I just look worn out (laughs) beat down and uh when did the interview, and the next day was our very first bowl game. It was the Salvador Bowl we got there. And me, never being out of the United States, barely been across the United States, having all this Portuguese thrown at me, it was very <laughs> overwhelming, but all I knew was that I knew how to play football. And a couple of the guys spoke English. So I just kind of followed their lead, and I, they put me in a guard, and I told the guy at the center at the time, spoke English. And I told him, "I'm like, hey, man, you just tell me left, right forward or pass and he said okay <laughs> and uh we uh we played the game and we won we did pretty good i ended up playing the season with those guys and a great group of guys um Vittoria football americano is what they were called um they done changed the name up and then i came back to the states played a little semi-pro with the sharks again that's always gonna be my home team they really looked out for me um and ended up linking with another team in australia going into Brisbane for a little bit, helped uh, their youth program, do a little training camp for there, and ended up going down to Melbourne, Australia, to play with the Western Crusaders, played with them, won a championship down there with them, the state championship. And through them, met a team in Adelaide, Australia, which is Southern Australia, went out and played with them that same year. As soon as that season ended with the Crusaders, I went to Adelaide and played with them, won a championship with them, great experience and i tell you what the australians playing rugby their whole life transitioned very well to football big boys definitely the biggest guys i played against and uh you know they have a passion for the game i think they just like hitting people to be honest with
0: you yeah i, I was gonna say <laughs> they don't shy away from uh violence in australia not
2: at all and they <laughs> loved it and they loved every minute of it. good group of guys and you know from there uh, I had a buddy of mine call me up. He said, Hey, man, why don't you come out to Poland? And I was sitting in Australia, getting ready to come back home. My time in Australia was coming up. I lived there for a year. And, um, you know, he just convinced me that, you know what, man, one more ride. So I go out there, and the team that I was originally going to play for, things didn't work out. So he gave me an opportunity. He's like, Hey, man, why don't you just, you know, if you're already out here, blah, 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 blah let's coach. So I ended up coaching for Olsen Lakers in Poland, uh, right up there in the northern part of Poland. And it was it was frustrating to stand on the sideline and not play, but it was a good thing for me to sit back and actually learn the game from a coach's perspective. It's a whole new game. You know, you want to put the pads on and jump in and play, but sometimes, you know, you, you can't do that. You got to let the other guys do it. And it was a good experience to get into Europe and see how that's all done. It's, it's a whole other level of organization out there as far as international. You know, considering five years prior to that, I didn't know international football even existed. You know, um, and ended up doing that, finishing them and came back to the States. Again, came back to the Sharks, practiced with them, played with them and kept my physical physicalness up. And Team America which is the team I just recently traveled with get in contact with me because they were supposed to play a game in, I want to say March, but as we know, Corona came around out of nowhere and shut that down. And they hit me up and said, Hey, we rescheduled the game for December. We're looking for linemen. Are you available? Jumped right on that, man. And it's one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in my life, man. We, we just came back and we, we went up there and played the game, one, 32 to nothing. Uh, it, it was great to be in another country under my flag, wearing the United States flag on my chest, being around Americans, guys in situations like me, some imports, some that went off to play arena ball, in a foreign country, hearing my national anthem being played on a foreign land. And, and you know right now it's what? It was 95 degrees out there. And you know walking around right now, we're freezing. I miss it already. <laughs> I, you know, I'm walking around with a suntan right now and it's kind of nice. Um, uh-huh. Definitely, definitely a positive experience. And I loved every minute of it, man. Like from the time we step off the plane for the practices, talking to guys from all across the country that have that passion and that drive for football that I do and that are motivated to win. And And props to the Costa Rican players. They practice longer than we did and they put that work in and they played hard. They might not have got the win or scored or anything but they, they they earned my respect as a nation of people that you know that want to learn the game of American football. And that's really what I, you know, when I go overseas, I try to teach what I know and in return they teach me about their culture and their people. And that's really the reason why I do it and why I go overseas and do things like that because you know, it's all about the exchange of knowledge in one way or the other. And um, you know, we played with them. I did really well. Um, I was a little nervous going out there because I didn't know what kind of level I was gonna be. And, you know, I just kinda thought of home, thought of my family, and thought about why I was doing it. And it just kind of gave me the power to push myself through and, you know, I asked the guys, I'm like, hey, you guys want me to come back? And looked me square in the eyes and said, You yes, we want you back. So I feel like I did my state good and I feel I'm proud of my performance, and, you know, we're uh, looking to go to the CSIT World Games in Italy in 2021 in October. So, it should be a good experience, man. I'm not sure who else we're going to be playing against, but I imagine it's going to be some heavy competition out there. So, I get to put the red, white, and blue on again one more time at least. Now now I'm back here Well, I'm playing for the Hilton Head Sharks right now to stay in shape until then, and we're actually heading to Miami. Uh, the 16th, we'll be going down to Miami to play a team down there and uh, looking forward to keep grinding and trying to build the community up and get the semi-pro life going and giving guys like me that, you know, people want to blame other people for stuff like that, but the guys that really didn't take the shot in the beginning, giving them a second chance to, you know, find that fire in their heart and soul and get out and do stuff, you know? As we all know around here, some people sit around and they don't do anything and they just kind of get sucked into the couch. And I don't want to see that happen. If I can do it, they can do it. That's the way I look at it. And that's what I'm all about, man. You know, keeping, keeping the game alive, giving people opportunities. And once I finally do decide to hang up the cleats and coach, hopefully some kid will come along and help them do the same thing. But that, that's uh, the gist of my story, you know, just a uh, low country kid that took a shot.
1: <laughs> wow, uh, what an amazing story. Uh, who, who knew the game of football could, could literally take you around the world? Uh, more people need to, to hear it's your experiences amazing, because that is, that is just incredible. Uh, I want to hear about your backgrounds, your beginnings uh, when you were very young with football. Kind of what first sparked your interest as in a kid and how did it play a role going forward with your career?
2: You know, uh, my dad always played football. He talked to me about growing up. He went to Carson Newman um university and talked about how he we went and tried out for the Miami Dolphins back in the days and they had an open tryout and it's just kind of been a part of my culture growing up and especially in the south, you know, just football's the way of life. Um you're expected at a young age to pick up the ball and run with it and if you start eating too much, they put you on the line, this is what happened to me and <laughs> but uh you know, I love it. Um you know, uh, you just kind of, it's just the culture around here. You know, you, Friday nights, they expect you to be on the field. And, you know, uh, I just grew up with it. My brother did it. That's what you did.
0: <laughs> so, uh, you talking about the guys who, who maybe don't take that shot or, or take advantage mm-hmm. of, of the opportunities that are, are in front of them for whatever reason. You know, I mean, there's a, a million different things that can happen there. That, that oh, Of course. Uh, you know, keep a guy from going to play at the next level. But what was your experience like as a high school athlete? Was that something that um, did you aspire to play in college, or is that something that maybe was was not really on your radar until it was too late? And and um, you know, what was kind of your process going through that as you, you wrapped know, up your high school? Career? You know, with me
2: in high school, uh, college was never really on my radar. I did it because it was the part of the game, and you know, I enjoyed it it was fun to get together with your guys on Friday night. And yeah, of course everybody wants to go to college and play ball in the next level. But like I said, in high school, I didn't have that fire. I didn't have that dog in me. You know, it, I, I didn't really get that until later on. And you know, that, that second level is what you have to add to go into the college world. And me, I'm a little short for alignment. You know, you start looking at the stats, you start looking at the stuff like that. I've always said you can make a, tall player better but you can't make a good player taller and that's when you're looking at the line you know the lineman stats it's hard to hard to beat that but I feel like over the years I kind of made up made up for that with the heart you know
1: well you talked about uh, your time playing at Bluffton uh, tell me a little more about the experience especially uh with a school that was really first beginning this program when uh, a bunch of kids from Hilton Head were heading over to Bluffton uh, you are talking about maybe being a Seahawk but uh Tell me about the experience uh, playing at the high school level in
2: them It was good. Um, great coaches. I mean, just for everybody, it was our first time, you know, coming out and being a first-year first, first year program, brand-new high school. Everybody's trying to feel each other out. Some of the guys, like I said, my freshman year, we, we played together. And um, them going one way, we going the other. And it was an experience to definitely uh, not play with them the next following year. Um Playing high school football, as much people know, especially like I say in the South, it's a big experience. You know, the whole town gets behind you, they support you, and they come out and watch you. Um, definitely built a lot of the character of who you are and who you represented. Um, it made you proud of your town and your area, and that carries over with you into the future, you know, and gives you a little pride. So when you drive by the stadium on Friday night, you tend to look and think about those kids and their experiences, and you know
0: hope them the best. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, I've, I've been doing it this whole time, man. I got out and got back in cause there, there's just something oh, yeah. about that, that community spirit that we get on Friday nights and, you know, on Tuesdays and Fridays in the gym and, uh, oh, absolutely! Mondays and Wednesdays at, at the baseball diamond and everywhere—just uh, that community that, that you build around sports—and that's kind of what we're trying to do here, frankly. But um, you know, talk to me a little bit about uh, more about the Hilton Head Sharks because uh, I think semi-pro football is, is uh, really misunderstood, or uh, you know, people just don't know that much about it. Um, and, oh. and we do have a team here, and you know, it's mostly guys like you who who played in high school and and aren't ready to give the game up and want to keep going, but. Um, you know, there's also some guys out there who have played at a high level and, and are just trying to hang on. So uh, as, as well as young fellas who are, are kind of trying to make their name. So what's the dynamic like with that team? And, and what have you seen as far as the growth of that organization here over the past few years? It seems like Daryl and those guys are doing a good job with it.
2: Oh, yeah, Daryl and another Mitchell. best great guys. We call them the twins. Uh, if it wasn't for those guys, I wouldn't have done any of the stuff that I've been doing. And I I really, truly we'll fight for those guys anytime, man. They, they pulled, like I said, they pulled me off the couch and got me back into a helmet. So I'm always indebted to those guys. Um, as far as semi-pro in the South, it's, um, you know, highly unrecognized up North, you have more in-depth organizations and, you know, it's, it's taken a lot more seriously because as you know, in the South it's college football or nothing, you know, and that a little bit in there, but it's all about, you know, college game day. um, like you said, a lot of these guys are guys that played high school or freshly out of high school. A lot of these guys are older that played college football and trying to get to the next level. And there's guys out here that are really out here grinding, putting in that work, trying to get into college football, that are trying to get into arena football, trying to get to Canada. And they're staying in shape and pushing themselves to get to that next level. And if you're talking to scouts, recruiters, you need film. And if you didn't get a lot of look in high school, this is where you go to play. This is where you go to get that film. This is um, the best opportunity for you to get to that next level. And um, in it, it, semi-pro, it's really all up to you. However much you put in is what you're going to get out. And that's what we try to express to the guys in the semi-pro world is like, we can only get you, you know, to the show. It's up to you to make the show happen. And uh, like I said, a couple, of these, a couple of these guys are about it. They want to play. They want to win. They want to get to that next level. And me and the twins and a couple of the coaches and stuff like that, you know, we're just leading the horse to water, if anything. So hopefully these guys and guys in the area that hear this, that want to get involved in football, I'll tell you right now, you're never too old to play. If you you think you got it in, you come out and try. Um, (laughs) If you can only give a few plays here and there, that's fine. You get your body in shape and you'll be amazed at how much you can do by overcoming that mentality the hardest step is the first one i'll tell that to anybody and once you get to doing it and getting love for the game again it's a lot easier to do it every day for sure
1: i gotta say one of the best parts of that experience is that the relationships that you grow and maintain with with so many who have uh either been playing the game for a long time just getting out of high school trying to continue their careers it's kind of really cool how many different people that you meet along the way and the. Uh, uh, certainly very similar to your experiences elsewhere uh, as you travel the globe. Uh, and football, it, it, when you think of football around the world, you think of football, uh, the, the soccer variants. Yeah. But, but, <laughs> but uh, football, it, it is definitely a sport that seems to be um, uh, more spread around the world in, in, in recent years. There's certainly a following uh, elsewhere. Uh, how awesome was it to travel the world uh, doing what you love, playing the game of football?
2: It was amazing, without a doubt. Uh, it's mind-blowing. It's humbling. I mean, you think about a guy from a small town, well, Bluffton used to be a small town <laughs> to get the experience that I get is truly a blessing. It's mind blowing to sit here. And as I sit here, I look at my jerseys hanging on the wall and the flags that I have hanging up from the countries. It, it kind of brings me to, to a standstill to be like, who am I to be so blessed to have this opportunity? Um, it, it's just truly amazing. Um, and talking about the people I've met around the world, you know, it's really opened my eyes to different thought processes, different things. You know, when you hear about these countries in school and growing up, you just place it on a map to you. You know, you don't think they're real. I was talking to a friend today about having him come out to Italy and he's like, it just doesn't seem like those countries are real because you don't see them. And then when you actually take that step to go stand in those countries and meet those people, they're just like you and me, man. They got passion. They got drive. And it's just amazing, opportunity to talk to them and learn about where they live and learn about their culture their history their people their food and if I can tell people anything whether it's through sports or through anything get out and see the world while you can and if you say one day it won't happen you have to take that first step and just go for it you know if you you wait for it to happen one day it's not going to happen it's my best advice I tell people
0: well, you, you've definitely made it happen, and, and now you can't seem to stop making it happen. You keep I talking about and I, one more ride. <laughs>
2: I tell you, man, and I tell them that. And I every year I tell myself, man, can you keep doing it? It's time to retire. It's time to hang it up. And then I get a phone call saying, hey, man, you want to come play? And without hesitation, I'm like, yeah, I'll see you there. <laughs> and I feel like until I finally step out of bed one day and crumble to the ground, I'm just going to keep playing. <laughs> you know, and it's it's just one of those things that, it's in me. It gives me motivation to get through the work week, and it's that it's that fight for the next day. And if it really wasn't for this game, I don't know where I would be, you know. And I know it wouldn't be the, the the experiences that I've had. I wouldn't change a thing, to be honest with you, man. And it's and I hope one day I can give a guy like me that opportunity to do the same thing. And like like you said, I've got connections around the world, and it's amazing to have those opportunities that not many people will ever get to do, you know, I've lived a lifetime in a year, you know, and it's it's just sitting here thinking about it gives me chills.
1: (laughs) Amazing. Uh, uh, So uh, when you do hang them up and and decide to move on from, from playing the sport, uh, what are your goals for the future? Uh, Would you have any interest in in coaching at the high school level or or beyond in, in in years to come uh, anywhere around?
2: You know, I've, I've had a few offers here and there, a couple uh, there's a college out in Georgia, a few high schools. One of my old high school coaches actually mentioned me about coming to coach. And you know, the, the, the options are there. I would love to definitely be around the local community and help the kids from here for sure if that opportunity arises. Um, I'm sure there's no way I'll be able to stay away from football, so I'm sure I'll hop into the coaching <laughs> line of it. Um, definitely want to help the Sharks become more established and build them because I think it's a great opportunity for, you know, you think guys 18 to 30 around here, you know, you, they work Monday through Friday and on the weekend there's not much to do. So come on out and play ball and stay in shape. And, you know, given the guys that come out of high school that maybe not didn't get that look, you know, that needed that extra step, but so them come out there. And if I get the call from one of the Boston coaches saying, Hey, we need an offensive line coach. Oh, I'll definitely consider it. Absolutely. Even if I come out and celebrity coach, who knows? I ain't a celebrity yet, but we'll
0: see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think every coach around here would say that uh, they're eager to get folks on their staff who, who know the game. So I don't oh, think yeah. you'll have a problem getting into coaching when <laughs> the time comes that you're finally ready to, to hang up those cleats. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, now getting yeah. getting up and down the sideline might be a problem because you might be an old oh, man yeah. Then. <laughs> I, I've
2: already picked out my walker. It's going to have <laughs> flashlights and everything.
0: <laughs> so you've got the one uh, on the schedule in in october in italy uh are there yeah. any others on the horizon or is there a chance that's just so, one song
2: so they were talking about doing another one in orlando you know things like that nothing official yet i think the costa rican team's talking about coming to america to play um we're going to keep it updated i think right now with the coronavirus they're just kind of seeing what they yeah. can do and watching the news we just got lucky with costa rica opening up to their borders on November the first, so we just they just kind of, you know, snuck that one in there. Um, so we'll definitely keep keep up to date. Um, Team America, that's the team I play for right now. Um, that's as far as I know, that is the top of the line National American Men's Football Team. Um, I haven't heard of anybody else. I know USA Football used to do one, but I don't know if they do that anymore. Um. So, I mean, just keep an eye out, and hopefully we'll we'll uh, make everybody proud in Italy and bring back the gold medal.
1: Awesome. Uh, so, uh, in March, when the coronavirus pandemic kind of put on the pause of, of any athletic event or, or any big gathering, kind of what thoughts went through your head? And, and, you know, it must have given you some perspective of, of how fragile your time playing the game really is and, and how special it is anytime
2: you get a chance to put on those cleats. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. When it all... I mean, just like everybody else, we were all kind of freaking out and didn't know what was going to happen, what the future was going to be. And, uh, you know, I like I said, I have my uniforms in my room just looking at them, and, you know, maybe this could be it for a while. And at that point, I kind of sat and thought, you know, this is the time to reflect and think, do you want to keep playing? Do you want to keep pursuing this career? And, you know, what really kept me going mentally was, yeah, you know, you you, you know that, that that's your passion, that's what you enjoy, and – it really, it, I know some people struggle mentally through this virus and all the, the shutdowns and everything, but it that hope of knowing one day I was going to step back on a field really kind of got me through this.
1: Chad, uh, we're in the holiday season, and a lot of that's centered around being around family and friends. Uh, how special are your relationships with with both your family and, and your brothers from football? And then how have they grown you to become the person that you are now?
2: Oh, 100%. 100%. Uh, you know, is always going to be important to me, you know, and that's one thing when you're overseas and thank God for the internet, because I would call them probably more than they wanted me to, but you know, <laughs> it's good to, you know, keep in contact with them. And, you know, talking about like my brothers, they've been a backbone to me conversations all like that. And my, my football teammates that are my brothers, they still contact me all, all the time. You know, I, I, uh, I get phone calls from my buddy in England <laughs> about every other day. And, it's amazing to think that these guys still reach out to me. My buddy in Poland reaches out to me and we just talk a buddy. I played that I worked with in Poland messaged me and gives me inspiring words and to have them look at me and support me and just people from my Facebook, my social media, things like that to message me and say that what you're doing is amazing. Keep going. It's 95% of the reason why I do keep going because somebody out there sees me doing this and, is proud of me and it gives them inspiration if i can inspire one person to wake up in the morning and say i can do this my job is done that's that's at this point playing football isn't even just about me it's not, it's just giving somebody hope for the next day and i truly believe that I'm, you know
0: heck yeah man that's uh those are some great words to end on maybe uh maybe one day we'll get you out here on team loco when you stop playing get you out covering some games hey <laughs> hey, never,
2: You never know, man. It, it might be a thing in the future. We'll talk more.
0: There we go. Well, thanks so much, Chad. That's Chad Malfors, everybody. Former Bluffton Bobcat and a world-traveled football player nowadays. Uh, still still <laughs> putting on the cleats a, a long time after graduating. Good stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. 110%. We'll be right back with more here on the Loco Sports Lowdown Podcast. Hey, Loco Sports fans, if you've ever found a spider or a palmetto bug in your home, or worse yet, if your wife or kids did, you know it's not a fun time. You don't have to worry about that when you trust Bluffton Pest Management to keep the bugs out. The owner, Keith, has been my go-to bug guy for years, and his expertise and customer service are unmatched. Check him out at BlufftonPest.com and request a free inspection. Go bug-free in 2021 and go loco with Bluffton Pest Management. Hey, Loco Sports fans, have you heard any unusual activity up on your roof lately? A heavyset fellow and a herd of flying reindeer, perhaps? If you're not sure what's going on up on the housetop, it's time to call our friends at Monarch Roofing and schedule a free inspection and estimate. If you think you might need some repairs up top in 2021, call Monarch at 843-683-7003 or visit them online at monarchroofing.biz to schedule an appointment. Do your roof a favor and call Monarch, because you deserve the best. Well, West, that was that was one of my favorite interviews we've done, man. I, you know, we went into it with uh, almost zero expectations. Um, you know, we knew kind of the the framework of Chad's story, but uh, man, he filled in the gaps with with really some great uh, nuggets, some great anecdotes, and, and some great life wisdom. I thought, uh, you know, really just um, he, he's got it figured out. As far as I'm concerned, we're on the same page as far as how we're all going through this life and um, you know trying to maximize our our enjoyment and and help others and. Um, understand each other. And, and, you know, the all in it together thing is uh, is definitely a good deal. Um, so I enjoyed listening to Chad and I hope people take a lot out of that.
1: I agree. Uh, as I said, an incredible story. And I think Chad has some, some life lessons that we could all take with us, whatever stage we are in and, and just seeing his, his love and passion for what he does uh, just puts a smile on my face and, and, all the friendships that he's made over the years. And I think it's just an amazing story. And and I wish him the best of luck as he continues uh, to write this, uh, outstanding novel uh, uh, that that just shows what you can do when you have a passion and and you apply hard work to that passion. Uh, Just incredible. Uh, He's going to continue to do some great things uh, for the entirety of his life.
0: Yeah. An awesome guy and, and a great family, you know, um, in future, for, uh, for in full disclosure, his 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 older brother is uh, one of my fellow assistant coaches on our 10U baseball team, and um, so his his nephew Caleb is is one of my favorite little dudes. Um, so you know, just a great family, and uh, Apple didn't fall far from the tree. Chad's a good dude, and I really enjoyed hearing his story, and and look forward to seeing. Uh, you know what he does what he keeps doing before he hangs them up and then uh, for me even more so what he does afterwards you know I'm, I'm really excited to see um, you know what he does as far as getting into coaching and, and trying to pass on his wisdom to a new generation. so very cool to talk with Chad and catch up with him. Uh, it makes me feel old because I covered that guy 15 years ago and he's still playing ball uh, pretty wild but um, just a great guy and a great story so hope many more will follow in his footsteps and um, you know, just, just live the dream, let it, let it take it where it takes you. Um, if you can figure out a way to do it, man, do it. <laughs> All right, Wes, well, to close this thing out, let's, uh, let's pick our teams of the week. And, uh, we didn't have a whole lot of action this week. We had some wrestling, we had some, uh, some basketball, uh, but we got, I think we got enough to, to pick a couple teams of the week. Who you got this week, buddy?
1: We can go with the Beaufort boys basketball team. I think the squad is looking fantastic. Uh, the offense was was great last year, but now they've only gotten better. And, and what's really impressed me, even more, is that ball movement. It seems like every shot they're taking is open, uh, because they move the ball tremendously, inside and outside, and they pass a, a good shot for a great shot. And 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 you know, they can get you on the fast break as, as they did so many times in that win over Bluffton. Twenty three steals uh, that led, led to a ton of fast break points. Uh, I would not outstanding job, especially by those guards uh, on the defensive end. Uh, incredibly impressed with Rush Riley. I mean, last year he was primarily an outside shooter, and that was great. He made some some big contributions with that shot. But, man, is he becoming much more than that this year. Uh, what a terrific passer. Really could see where he needs to be in the offense. Just plays head, and, and he executes that shot just tremendously. Uh, and when you have that, that combination of skill and effort, you get a terrific outcome. And that's what we're seeing here with Rush Riley. Uh, Zyra Nodum terrific inside finisher, rebounder dominated that matchup in, in, in that Bluffton game. And, and then Oliver Holmes, a uh, spectacular guard alongside Rush Riley, uh, really came on strong in the end of that Bluffton game, to, to really finish it off, uh, exceptional ball handler, ball distributor, knows how to score that important basket when he needs to. And so uh, the Denison brothers hitting some shots as well. I think Jeremy Huff's got these guys playing some locked-in basketball, especially on the offensive end. Uh, looking forward to seeing the matchup against Hilton in January. Oh, that's going to be a fun game.
0: Yeah, no question. I think that team is a lot of fun. And the shame of it is that that this season, only two teams out of that region are going to make the playoffs. Uh, So if you assume James Island's one of them, you got Hilton Head and Beaufort fighting for two and even maybe May River, uh, you know, potentially fighting for that two spot. So um, it's, it's going to be fun, but it is a shame because you feel like this is a year that 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 region may be able to send a couple teams on the road and knock people off. So, um, you know, it, it's a bummer, but it's going to be fun to watch that develop. And, and hopefully this region stays that competitive, you know, going forward. All right. Well, I'm going to go a different direction and, and it's going to kind of, uh, segue into, to next week's episode. Uh, I'm going to go with a wrestling team and, um, we had some good performances coming out of the gate, May river looking good. Uh, but I'm going to go with Hilton head highs wrestling team, uh, with a, a 41 to 37 win over Effingham County on Wednesday and, and AJ Boatwright. Uh, coming out with the pin in the second period after falling behind 5-0 in the first period, he comes out and pins his opponent uh, to win the match. Last match of the night, Seahawks had to have a a technical fall or or had to have a win. Uh, to get the get the, to get the W and AJ delivers with a pin, um, just incredible. And, and they've got a great team over there. Patrick Buller has has done a good job in the off season during this strange COVID time uh, of getting involved with the local programs with the, with Riptide and um, getting their youth program back on you know back up and running. And they've got a team, um, and, and they've got a young lady that we're going to talk to next week on the show uh, named Zayo Estrada. So you're going to know about real soon. If you don't right now, uh, top 25 nationally ranked uh, female wrestler in her weight class uh, moved out from Colorado and just an absolute superstar uh, on the mat who, who people are going to get to know very well. And I think is really going to introduce more girls in the low country to the sport of wrestling, uh, which is really starting to grow. So um, could have gone with May river, which, which got off to a great start as well dominated battery Creek in their opener. Uh, but Hilton had high taking on some serious competition, from over in Georgia and getting the W. And then they finished second at the Hanahan dual invitational uh, over the weekend as well. So the Seahawks are looking good. And uh, we're going to talk to a couple of them next week with Zayo Estrada, uh, Drew Vai, and then Coach Patrick Volware joining us on the show. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what this team can do and, and what happens this wrestling season.
1: Yes, uh, absolutely. And I'm really, really impressed by the way Hilton had competed and, and scored a, a huge victory uh, in, in that match Against Effingham County, and uh, what a way to finish it off! A.J. Boatwright uh, with the clutch win at the end, and uh, as Coach Bulwer said, that was something out of a movie. I mean, he was he was down. He, he gave up a takedown and two back points in that first period, but uh, he just clawed his way back in the second. Uh, scored a takedown, locked up a cradle, and uh, to to finish it off, and uh, what an outstanding job by Boatwright just to to, to keep digging in and. Claw his way back, uh, a, a, an amazing, amazing story. And uh, Bulwer said, right, right before he, he he came on there, just just told him to just have fun, win or lose this match. It uh, wasn't on the shoulders. Uh, and and he said, I got you, coach. He slapped him on the shoulders. That that's that's really cool. Uh, that that is that is awesome. Uh, great job there by, by AJ Boatwright. Just just that fight and that determination to get it done. So uh, that that really uh, epitomizes what this Hilton Edd wrestling team is about. Uh, they they compete and they fight uh, and i think they're going to have a spectacular season uh you mentioned Zale, what a story she is uh coming over here uh, and and, and ex- excelling as as a female wrestler uh that is that is amazing uh, and uh and in our next week our next episode we're going to a great interview with her and, and then uh, drew vi as well another uh, spectacular piece of, of, of this wrestling squad so uh, congratulations on an outstanding performance, a tremendous victory over Effingham County. And so really excited to watch the Hilton Head wrestling team, really excited for, for wrestling here in the locos. So many spectacular teams can be fighting it out with Hilton Head, May River and Buford. Gonna be a fun season on the map.
0: Yeah, no question. Hopefully we can stay on it. And that's and that's another thing we talked to Coach Bowlware about uh on our interview that'll air next week is, is just uh the challenges that the wrestling coaches face this year it's it's uh really an uphill climb to keep kids on the mat and keep the bug out of your room so uh, these guys are working really hard behind the scenes to make sure the season happens and hopefully they can keep it going uh it's going to be a lot of fun if they can we're going to get out and see some great wrestling uh in january and february uh, and let me tell you, Wes. Uh, having wrestled from the age of five and, and been around the sport since I was a baby, um, there, there's two kind of people in the world, um, and you find out real quick which one you are when you walk on the mat and you got to win to win the match for your team. <laughs> you find out real quick which kind of you are, and AJ Boatwright's the kind who gets it done. So um, that that was pretty awesome. You never know, you know, when your number is going to come up in wrestling, and you're going to be the guy who who decides the match. So. Uh, outstanding job by him to to get the W in a big spot and uh, close out the and close out the match uh, for the Seahawks against a really good Effingham County team. All right. Well, that's going to close out the show for us guys. Uh, it was a good time. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did. And if you also enjoy basketball, uh, you should go subscribe to both the loco sports lowdown and the loco hoops report, wherever you get your podcasts, uh, pick out your favorite podcast app, search up the loco sports lowdown or the loco hoops report. You'll be able to subscribe and get a notification every time a new episode drops. Uh, we got a hoops report every week. We got an interview show every week, so be sure to check it out. We got a lot of, uh, A lot of information for your ears coming out of the loco headquarters these days. Well, thanks for joining us for this one. Join us as well for the all loco football announcement January 3rd at 8 PM. And then uh, join us here for the next episode until then go loco.